So what I wanted to do today is I felt like I needed to rehash some things that I've already taught um, because I really feel like the message is something that we need for now. And it's something that we need to hear over and over and over again. Right? Yeah. So I'm going to talk about contentment. I'm going to talk about abundance. So in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Say with me, whatever state, whatever state. I am. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned to be both, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, the word contentment means freedom from worry, freedom from anxiety, freedom from restlessness, it means a peaceful satisfaction. So Paul is saying, whatever state I'm in, I'm able to be free from worry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> whatever situation I'm in, I can be free from anxiety. Whatever situation... I might find myself in, I can be restful. It also means independent of external circumstances. Wow. Independent of external circumstances, meaning what is going on around me does not determine the temperature and the condition and the atmosphere of my heart. Have you ever been around some people and they just get so flustered and someone can be in a worse situation and cool sailing? So it means my external reality does not have the power to control my internal reality, or Pastor Melody likes to say, self-governance. So whatever state I'm in, I'm able to govern and rule my internal reality. When you look at scriptures, when you look at the word, when you look at faith, there's no victims. There's no victimhood. There's conquerors, right? There's overcomers. There's world changers. But there's no victims. Now, I'm not saying if difficult things happen to us that we can't work through them and go through them. And, you know, it's a journey and a process. But there's no victims. Victim is, I have no control over myself. Because everything else has more power than me. So no matter my external circumstance, my heart is able to remain content, meaning free from worry, fear, and restlessness. I am able to rule myself through 
Christ who strengthens me. So this is not just about building yourself up or doing it on your own strength. It's about connecting yourself to the abundance that Christ has. In the Amplified, it says, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. But I love this too. Paul says, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Meaning he had, he had to learn to do it. Say with me, there's hope for me. So Paul is saying, I've learned to do this. So this was a, to be content, to be free from worry, to be free from anxiety, to be free from restlessness means that it's a process of maturity and growth, development and character through the work of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have the Holy Spirit? Can this be challenging at times to be content? <laughs> so we all have the work of the Holy Spirit in us, but why do we struggle with this at times? And I believe it's about positioning and understanding. Paul clearly marks out the steps that he took to walk in complete contentment. How many of you are like, like steps, like order? You know, I do this, I do this, I do this. So Paul lays out these steps to have divine contentment. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So how do we have divine contentment? We rejoice in the Lord always. Meaning whatever situation I'm in, whatever circumstance I may be facing, I complain about it. No, I actually rejoice in the Lord. It didn't say rejoice in the circumstance. It said rejoice in the Lord because the Lord is always above the circumstance. Verse 5, let your gentleness be known to all men. Don't you like this? It's saying if you want divine contentment, freedom from worry internally, be gentle with those around you. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing, basically fear nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, supp supplication means a seeking or an asking, with thanksgiving. So when you're in a circumstance, pray, communicate with God, seek him, but do it with a thankful heart. He's saying, don't do it with fear, do it with thankfulness. And then it says, verse 7, and the peace of God will, which surpasses all understanding, meaning it bypasses your mind. The peace that does a detour around your mind will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, 
Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So what does he say? If you want to be content in any situation that you're in, meditate, think about these things. Did any of those things have an element of fear to them? No. In verse 9, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. So Paul is saying, if you want divine contentment, what does he say? Do these things. You know, there's things within the gospel that are free. But there's things within the gospel that require a co-laboring with Christ. And this is one of them. If we don't see this passage in full context, we miss the cause and effect. So what did Paul say? Whatever state I'm in, I've learned to be content. Abased, abound, full, hungry. Whatever state I'm in, I'm able to be content. But... That verse that I just read, the steps to do were right before he said that. So Paul instructs us how to govern our internal reality. First one is rejoice in the Lord always. And if you forgot it, rejoice again. (laughs) Interact with those around you with gentleness, prayer and seeking with thanksgiving, making your requests known. Meditate on these things. And to finish it off, Paul makes a bold statement. I can do all things through Christ. Why is Paul able to do all things? In the Amplified, it says, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Because Paul's ability was dependent upon Christ's sufficiency. Say it with me. Paul's ability was dependent upon Christ's sufficiency. How many of you believe that God has enough? If you're afraid that God is not abundant in good things, you will be concerned about your ability to do something. Does this make sense? Like if I know that he has all things provided for me, I can face any situation without fear because my ability is based upon his sufficiency. Because no matter what situation we might find ourselves in externally, he is able or we are able to rule and govern our internal reality through Christ who strengthens us. So Paul in verse 9 says, the things which, you have, which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So we understand that God, how many of you believe that God will never leave us or forsake us? That we have a covenantal promise that he will never leave us. But then Paul says, if you do these things, he'll be with you. So, 
we already know and understand that God will never leave us. So Paul is teaching us how to steward God's presence so that we can experience the increased manifested presence of peace. You see the difference? One is he will never leave us nor forsake us in a covenantal sense. Covenantal sense. But, the but if we want an increased level of his presence, in this case, peace, we do these things. How many of you want an increased level? Yes. So how do we experience divine contentment? The first thing, there's, I got two of them. First one is we must co-labor with Christ. How do we function and experience in divine contentment? We must co-labor with Christ. Philippians 4, 7 and 9 and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then verse 9, the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So this is, an, this is a beautiful example of what co-laboring looks like. He's saying, set your hearts and minds on me. And I will be the one that guards your heart and mind. Yeah. How many of you know that we've taught tons of times that it's important to guard your heart? I mean, we see it throughout scripture, to guard your heart, protect your minds. That's why we have the armor of God, right? There's a, there's a bre uh, breastplate to guard our heart, and then there's a helmet of hope, right, to guard our minds. So we understand that it's important that we do our part but in the scripture, it's saying, if you do these things, I will be the one that guards your heart. I will be the one that protects your mind. How many of you know he probably can do a better job than us? Yeah. <laughs> and the truth is, how many of you have, have gone through a season where things were just really attacking your heart and mind, and you did everything that you could, and it still just didn't? Fix it. So I would encourage you to do these things, and then there would be that partnership that he would step in and protect the heart and protect the mind. So co-laboring co is simply his desire for and our faith too. Say that with me. His desire for, his desire for. and our faith too. So is it his desire that our soul is healthy? Yes. Third John 1, 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that, that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. So Paul is displaying the heart of God here, or John is, I'm sorry. John is displaying the heart of God here. So we see that God has a desire for right? But then what is our part in co-laboring? Our faith too. So do these things and the God of peace will. So what is co-laboring? His desire for, so we need to know, is this his desire for my life? To have a healthy internal reality. Yeah. It is. Exactly. So all we have to do is have faith too, and that is co-laboring. Does this make sense? All right. 
So the first one was co-laboring with Christ. How do we have a divine contentment? The second one is our mentality must be one of abundance. Remember what I said before. We will be concerned about our situation if we believe God does not have enough for that situation. So how do we live in divine contentment? We first must believe that he is abundant in all good things. So abundant meaning there is more than enough, there is ample supply, there is sufficient supply. So true abundance is not the excess of possessions. True abundance is a person. Okay. How many of you have Jesus, the Holy Spirit, on the inside of you? So you have true abundance. So abundance is not the excess of things. It's a person. And when you have the person, you have abundance of all good things. It's not what we possess that gives us abundance, but who possesses us that ultimately provides us with true abundance. Now, I'm not saying that we can't have nice things. I'm not saying that we can't have abundance of things. I'm just saying true abundance or the foundation of what true abundance is, is a person. So the contentment of heart is directly connected to a mentality or a mindset of abundance. Where do we have contentment? It's in our heart, but it's tied to a mindset of abundance. Like I said before, if we can't, if we don't see God as an abundant, loving God, we won't be content in whatever situation we're in. Does this make sense? So how do we establish a mentality of abundance? First and foremost, I said it a bunch of times today, we must accept and believe that we are loved by a Father that is abundant in all good things. How can we be content in any situation? The first, the foundation of it is we must believe that God is good and that he is abundant in all good things and that he is willing to give those who ask. Good stuff, huh? James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So James clearly states that if it is good and if it is perfect, perfect meaning wanting nothing necessary to completeness. So what does he say? If it's good and it's perfect, where does it come from? The Father. All right? Remember how I taught the past couple weeks, and I know a couple of you, like, really grabbed a hold of that truth, and it really, like, changed from your mindset. But whose name is on it? Yeah. If it's good and it's perfect, James is saying his name is on it. 
meaning it's signed. But then it goes on to say, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So what is this saying? It's signed, but it's also sealed. It's also sealed, meaning he does not change. Okay, so we first must believe that God gives good gifts, but we must also believe that he does not change in that. How many of you ever felt on top of the world? Yeah, God is good. So, you know, God, I'm wondering about this. Uh, what are you doing? And it has destruction written all over it. Hmm. So we, we just can't believe that he's good. We also have to believe that he does not change in that goodness. It means it gives us a confident hope, an assured expectation. So remember when I talked about the, the armor, that there's a breastplate that protects our heart? And that breastplate is faith and love. So what protects our heart? Faith and love. What is faith? If he said it, I believe it. So what protects our heart? Knowing what he says and believing it. But then there's a helmet of salvation or a helmet of hope. So what protects our mind? Hope, which is an assured expectation for good. Have you ever, your heart was like, I'm good, but my mind's going a little crazy right now. <laughs> what does that say? You have faith for it, but you're struggling with hope. Good stuff. How do you protect your mind? You have to hope. Yes. How many of you know that you can have a bunch of faith and be miserable? I'm just going to stick this out and I'm going to push through and I'm going to have faith for this. And But if we don't have hope, hope actually protects the quality of our life. So faith is what assures the promise. But how do we want to live as we wait for the promise? Are you guys following this? So our faith and our hope are combined. So the only thing, the only, how many of you know, have you ever hoped for something and it just didn't happen? The only hope that is assured is one that is connected to faith. What is faith connected to? What he says. So if he said it, then in due time, we can have an assured hope that it will happen. So hope that is only based in the mind, not in scripture or not in his word, is not certain. Does that make sense? So I just want to give you a little balance right there. Uh, So in James it says, every good and perfect gift come, is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. What is the verse before it? Do not be deceived. What is he saying? Don't believe the lie that God is not good. That's 
Because guess what? When we're in situations that don't feel great, that look hopeless, he says, don't be deceived. Come on, guys. So how do we have divine contentment? When all hell is breaking loose in our life, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. In Hebrews, I don't have this because this was a last minute thought up there, but I think it's in Hebrews 4. But the verse says, now we who believe enter into rest. How do we have divine contentment? We must believe that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. So how do we find rest? We have to believe it by faith. Even though our circumstances don't look hopeful, even though they seem impossible, I have to believe to enter into rest. What does contentment mean? Free from worry, free from anxiety, and restlessness, meaning without rest. How do we find rest? Gotta believe. Even when the circumstances, they don't feel great or they don't look great, I have to believe. It's in Psalms, but David said, I would have lost heart unless I would have believed that I would see. So what protected his heart? He believed before he saw it. I would have lost heart. Do you know that that phrase, lost heart, actually means to be numb? Have you ever been hurt and you just went numb? Oh, oh, someone says something. Oh, I didn't feel that. Didn't bother me. It's a sign that we've lost heart. It means we've lost feeling. But how do we protect our heart? We believe before we see. Let's just take a moment and just hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us right now, for you personally. Thank you, Father. And if you're one that has lost heart, just believe that he would restore the joy again.
Lord, I just pray that as people hear your voice, I pray that hearts will be mended. I pray that hearts would come alive. I decree that hearts would feel again. And for those that feel like their emotions have been locked up, Lord, I just decree that they are unlocked now. Thank you, Father. 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 I just saw that there were those that had old memories. They were popping up. And I just saw God. I just saw him adding his blood to it. And I saw him rewriting history. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for the freedom that we're receiving right now. The freedom. I just saw that there were some that, some that uh, they couldn't like really remember the childhood that well. But I just saw God releasing memories that were good. And even this week I saw, you, you just think about something and you're like, man, I remember that me and this friend, we were riding the bike and this happened. And like joy's going to come back to past things. See, a lot of times we can just fo so focus on the negative that we forget the good. And so, Lord, right now, I just decree that you're releasing positive memories. Even things that seem like silly, but it might have brought joy to you as a child. Lord, I just thank you for that. Thank you, Father. 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 
How many feel peace right now? Thank you. Lord, I just decree that those that have carried a weight on their shoulders, an emotional weight, Lord, I just pray that is even lifting now. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for the freedom that you've offered us, a free gift of freedom, a free gift of your grace. Thank you, Father.